And then seeing that and seeing how hard, I mean, how hard of a day it was and thinking in my mind of, I'm not always available for him. I'm not always available for my two older kids. Like, is this what's best for our family? But then we always have to understand also what is best for us? Like, what is best for me? And I know that I'm the best mom to own. I'm the best mom to all three of our kids because I get to have work that brings me purpose. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today, we thought we would share some behind-the-scenes things that have been going on in our life because we're anticipating that in one way or another, you can probably relate to a lot of the things that we're going through. And the first thing that we wanted to talk about is the experience of feeling like or being told that your child is behind in something. So we are going to start with Abby's story. Yeah, and this all stemmed because, well, our third, he was born with Down syndrome. There's going to be delays throughout his life, and now it's just becoming more apparent. We are having more therapy appointments. We're having more specialty appointments. We're having more doctor appointments. And at every one of them, we go in with this feeling of excitement, of learning something, of you know being with our son, being with these amazing specialists, which we feel so lucky to be in Madison with these specialists. But then we leave with this just like heartbreaking feeling of needing to do more. And I know there's so many moms listening right now where you have medically complex kiddos or even just a well check where you go there and you just have all this information that you have to sift through at the end of the day. And it's not even just the appointment, it's the prepping for it, right? It's heading to these appointments, making sure to connect with the doctors beforehand, sending in the things that you need to, getting them the health updates. It's just so much mental load on parents. We had an appointment just a few weeks ago that was, it's a once a year appointment. It's a really big deal. And the last time we went, he was actually only four months old. So we skipped a year. And at that appointment, I remember just being told that we had this gold star child. Everything was either like at the level or he was ahead. Every single specialist came in and pretty much the only homework was, you know, keep up the good work. You're doing an awesome job. And Colin and I looked at each other, giving ourselves this high five saying, yes, we have a child who has cognitive delays. Yes, we have a child who has some developmental delays, but we are doing it. So we went into this appointment with kind of the same expectation. We were thinking that it was going to be similar. It was going to be lighthearted. It was going to have all this energy. But then when we were there, it felt really heavy. And when we left, we were absolutely exhausted. So how this specialist appointment works is that about every 30 minutes, one to two specialists comes in, and they're incredible specialists. It's nothing against the specialists. There's physical therapists. There's speech therapists. There was a dietitian. There was a social worker. There was people who were covering orthotics for shoes, somebody covering an AAC device to help with communication. And every single one of them was like the best you know, expert in that trade. But over three and a half hours, it just was so much information. And I remember them 
asking these questions of, oh, is Owen fill in the blank? And all of our responses, I shouldn't say all because I, I keep on looking back at this mm. as well with just this, this not a good feeling, but so many of the responses were, no, not yet. No, we, we aren't doing that yet. No, we haven't tried that. And I remember the last doctor walking in, and this doctor is the Down syndrome specialist. She's known, I mean, across the Midwest, across the country for being this incredible Down syndrome specialist. And I remember she started to go through the information, and then she paused, and she looked at me, and she said, Abby, I see you running right now. I see that you are breathless. Right now, all we need to focus on is priorities. And I know that she looked at me and she just saw that this checked out mom, this mom who had been handed all this information, all this great information, but also just handed so much all at once. And just hearing those words, I I broke down. I I definitely broke down. I didn't feel any better in the moment, which I wish I would have because she was definitely reaching her, her hand out and helping me, but it was just so much all at once. Yeah. And it was really hard to watch you go through this. It still is because I like, first of all, I don't think that's the type of day that you guys expected. It was Colin's birthday, right? So they had breakfast. They were off to this appointment. It felt really good that they were able to do it as a family unit. And then afterwards, it was just this message. And I could tell that it was really hard for you. You were going home, you needed to take a nap, like it was all of these things. I think the really hard thing can be too that Abby has the role in the family where you're like the head of Owen's therapies and Colin participates as he can. He's got a full-time job as well. And so it just gets into this really interesting conversation too. Like a lot of it is falling on the woman's shoulders. I know not in everyone's case, in your guy's case, it is. And that that can be really hard too. But Abby and I were just having some really great conversations about how the specialists were talking to you guys. And I said that when I was a nurse, it's interesting to think about I would go from patient's room to patient's room. And so what I was doing for them was very routine to me, but it is the biggest deal in their life. And so to treat it as such is really important. So I wanted you to talk about the advocacy that you did afterwards, because I know that someone called you and they actually asked you for advice on how they could improve. Yeah, and that was, so as a follow-up, they asked, hey, I, we didn't get to my session, um, and I also have an overview of everything. It, can we, can you stay late? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I could not, I could not handle one more thing that day. I'm like, can you call me on Friday afternoon? Friday afternoons are relatively easy. I knew I would need some time just to digest all the information. So sure enough, she called on Friday afternoon. We went through everything. I was a little bit quiet on the phone. She told me the follow-up. She told me where to look in the portal. And then at the end, she goes, okay, do you have any feedback for us? My honest response right away was, no, like, sounds good. We'll get going. Actually, I do have some feedback. And I knew that I had to say something, but I also knew that it wasn't just going to be a quick conversation. It wasn't something I could just type in an email and say, here you go. Here's what I had in mind. So I did ask her, how much time do you have? She goes, I have, I have until five. I said, okay, I said, okay let's, let's get started here. And I literally walked her through everything that we covered on this podcast, what I was anticipating, 
my thoughts going into the appointment, not really knowing what to expect and how not setting the realistic expectations also didn't set me up, any of us up for success. And then when I left, I was left with this long list of what I should be doing, what I could be doing, the list of to-dos, and then that list, and it's on that back page of where I was falling short as a parent. And we know it's not that list, right? We, we know that it's not where you're falling short, but that's sure what it feels like, especially as the person who is mainly in control of, of his therapies. It was, this is what I'm not doing. And they did a really good job of sharing where we were doing well. But it's so easy as a parent to just see that list of things that we're not doing well, the things that we should be doing more. All of those recommendations were what I remember when I think back to it. So I did just give her my suggestions. I suggested that they add something to the instructions. They always say, park between the blue lines, make sure to come 15 minutes early, wear a face covering. And I recommended just add in something like this is a really big appointment with a lot of information. And then also to remind them that they're doing a good job. Like those simple words, like you are doing such a good job. This is simply a list of things that are possibilities or things that you could be doing more. I think that would have helped my situation. And I, she, she took the information so well. She took that feedback so well. And I think it's going to help a lot more people on this journey. And now a break from our sponsor, Third Love. Most bras suck and it's a bummer. But Third Love knows that it's not you, it's the bra. Which is why we love Third Love bras. They have spent years designing bras for your body. And did you know that they make over 60 sizes? And they even invented half cup sizes so you always get the perfect fit. I just hate how bras will pinch or they'll poke. The straps will slip off. I'll have gapes in the cups or you'll spill out of them. Maybe you have a bra that's ugly or it's uncomfortable or it shows through your clothes. Maybe it has a million of those itchy tags. But Third Love is different. They're designed to fit and support your body. They have a style for every solution and every outfit, and they make you look and feel great in whatever you're wearing. You can also head to the fitting room quiz and figure out which bra is best for you. It's a simple quiz that you can take right online, and it has helped over 20 million women find their perfect bra size. Never get stuck with a bad bra again. Know that returns and exchanges are always free for 60 days with Third Love. So upgrade and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash herself. Again, that's 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash herself. Now back to our show. Yeah, it felt like that was a little bit of a turning point, as you guys can still hear. And as I can see in person, like it isn't that this is all better and this isn't hard anymore, but it felt like when you were able to say that to her, there was some healing involved. And then I know when we connected, I said that is it was so important because you are helping parents that are coming behind you and they're going to have to have this really tough day and just hoping that giving that feedback just makes it a little bit easier on the next person is often something that Abby and I just feel is is just a big part of our drives and our personalities. And also just to bring up that when we talk on this podcast about having those tough conversations, whether it's with a provider, whether it's with a teacher, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with a friend, we always really try to emphasize like it isn't easy. You know, it, it, 
it feels almost sometimes in a way better to avoid it, but you know that once you go through it, that's actually when you're going to feel better. So there's tough conversations out there that you are having to have. We totally understand that. Abby and I both wanted to mention that this shows up in other areas. Maybe you don't have a child with Down syndrome or something else going on, but there are just like these little things that you're not expecting as a parent. I remember meeting with a kindergarten teacher and having her tell us that our son was behind in reading. And I remember tears instantly filled my eyes as she was telling us what all needed to be done in order for him to catch up. Like it wasn't really on my radar how serious reading was in kindergarten. I think I've shared that before. But then when you're hearing that your child is behind, you just have this, we both have personally felt like we let our child down in a way. It's really hard not to feel that way when you're in one of those conversations. And I know that a lot of people go through experiences like this, whether it's reading, math, otherwise, and the message and the messenger are so important in that conversation. So I remember our kindergarten teacher said, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do for him. And I know that you're probably thinking about about everything that you can do at home, but I want you to understand that his little brain is working so hard right now at school, so he should still get to have an opportunity to be a little boy at home. Like I don't know why this still makes me cry because we're we're essentially well on our way through this. But it was just the kindness that she had and the reassurance. And she understood because she's been a teacher for so long. She understands that parents have a tendency to kind of spiral and feel bad and want to do all of this stuff to catch up. And they can put so much pressure on themselves, but also on the child. And she's like, the child already has pressure. And so they can... It cannot go well if you're putting all this pressure on your kid at home because they already feel that at school and we don't want him to get further disengaged in reading. So this is something that both Abby and I have gone through and we've had really vulnerable conversations about it because as you guys know, the two of us are full-time working moms and our families both use wraparound care. So we're picking our kids up at 520 And the nighttime routine is super short and it can feel really rushed and it's really hard to get them to eat and get them to bathe and do everything and spend time together, let alone have an extra assignment of trying to help to catch them up. And so then as moms, like the guilt of is this schedule the best for our kids and in Abby and I's case, just being entrepreneurs, we could potentially shorten our schedule. And then we both kind of go through the list of like how that feels because we both still just have so much work to do. And we also talk about our partners, like they're in roles where that's not really an option for them. So then it's like we were talking about earlier, it's 
the woman is often the one sacrificing in her career. So we don't have the answer actually to this. (laughs) We don't have the answer to this yet. And it's coming up more and more because our oldest kids are about to age out of daycare. So in the summer, things will look different and they're about to age out of wraparound care. And so it is going to impact our family schedules. And we're both trying to figure out what's best for our kids. We also always have a lens of like, what do we need as adults and as, you know, the caretakers? I have found myself at the dog park or even very awkwardly standing in line at Costco recently asking the women behind me because <laughs> she had a kid who was like 11, 11 and 8. And I was I, I asked her, so when did your kid stop going to daycare? She's like, wait, excuse me? I'm like, I know this is a very random question, but this has been on our mind. So just reaching out our hands for people who are just a little bit ahead of us, trying to figure out what their steps are. And obviously, it's not just a prescription. Everyone has to figure it out for their own own selves. But your teacher's response to that whole situation, like, thank goodness for teachers in this world, good teachers like that. The day after our big appointment with Owen, we slept in past seven. Lucy missed the bus. We were tardy for school. I had to walk her into her classroom, and I was a frazzled mess. I'm like, Mrs. H, I am so sorry. Like, this is, I'm so sorry this doesn't happen. And she looked at me, and she goes, Abby, sometimes sleep is the only thing that you need. You chose the right choice today. <laughs> like, walked out crying, like, oh, my gosh, there are such good people in this world. But it's in seasons like that. It's in moments like that where it really means so much. And sometimes the studious learning isn't the top, top priority. Even in Owen's appointment, the fact that both of us were working parents, it was, it just had this flashlight shined on it and in a not a good way. I remember looking at the notes afterwards and they would all say something like, Owen is bright. Owen is hardworking. Owen has two siblings. Both of Owen's parents work. And it was like one of the four things that was always said, both parents work. Both parents work. And it it hit me harder than it ever has hit me before. I love being a working mother. I love that title. And then seeing that and seeing how hard it, I mean how hard of a day it was and thinking in my mind of I'm not always available for him. I'm not always available for my two older kids. Like, is this what's best for our family? But then we always have to understand also what is best for us? Like what is best for me? And I know that I'm the best mom to own. I'm the best mom to all three of our kids because I get to have work that brings me purpose. And I know that in my soul. And it is a reminder during those really tough times that we have to remind ourselves of it because it'd be really easy after a day like that to just be like, Amy, I'm done. Like her sub podcast is on you. Like go for it. It can be the Amy Kiefer show. But then you realize. I mean, I'm going to need a different co-host because we know I can't do all this myself. (laughs) Now hiring. Now hiring for the Herself podcast. Um, So. So instead, instead of, of just throwing in the towel, Kyle and I, we have had some really deep conversations about what can we do? What else can we do? Can we hire an aide to help with appointments? Um, we've talked about grandparents. I mean, when they're retiring or if they have daytime availability, we've looked into different programs that might be more convenient. We've researched virtual classes. We've researched online courses. We've talked about schedule changes that we can both 
be part of the learning and also take on the responsibility. That was one huge eye opener for Colin is that when he was there at the appointment, he gave me the biggest hug of gratitude afterwards. And he said, Abby, I am so thankful for you. Like I didn't realize how hard and what you're taking in on these days. I now understand like we have to figure something out. And all of this, it's finding support is everything in this season. And it usually takes some creativity. It just, it does. Abby and I, our conversations have been around resilience lately because all of these things, you know, sometimes we're going through things for the first time as parents. And so I know you have probably heard it before, but the idea of like letting yourself be new when I had a school ager, that's the first time I've ever done this. You know, when he had when he was delayed in a subject, like that's the first time I've ever had to be in a conversation like that. So it's just this idea of it builds resilience in your child and it builds resilience in you. And that is a small silver lining in going through things because we were talking about like, this is going to happen to everyone. Like no one gets to go through life and just everything is perfect and everything is without any struggle. It's like, that is part of life. It is okay for our children to struggle at something and have to overcome that. Like it's, it's just part of life. So I just wanted to mention that because I know we've shed a lot of tears when we're talking about these things that were really impactful on our life. It can bring up these emotions like right back to the surface. A quick break from our sponsor, Paired. On the podcast, we often talk about our relationships. And what Abby and I know is that sometimes it's really hard to connect with each other on a personal level when you're so busy with your jobs, your kids, everything. So this app has become a solution to that. With Valentine's Day coming up, it might be the perfect gift for you and your partner. Because what we know from the research is that those everyday moments of connection are really what's important in building and sustaining a really healthy relationship. So the Paired app sends you daily prompts, questions, games. They help to guide your conversation. These things come from experts. What I love is that Paired allows you to choose what you need to work on with your partner. So whether it's you want to improve your communication, reduce conflict, improve sex and intimacy, feel more connected, improve your work-life balance, whatever it is, you can choose those. And then they're going to make sure that the app is working for you and helping you build on your relationship. So you'll get to know each other deeper. You're going to get to connect and boost your intimacy and fall in love all over again. So for a Valentine's Day gift that lasts well beyond the holiday, head to paired.com slash herself to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for the subscription. Just head to P-A-I-R-E-D.com backslash herself to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. If you care, you pair. And now back to our show. Another part of our story that happened this past week, and the reason we even wanted to talk about this is because we sit on these mics and we tell you about building a village, 
both of our families, we don't have immediate family in our area. They're at least an hour away. So we have really become, along with another family, this village where we do support each other when we go through things like this. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard to see that village when the storm is so rough, but when it passes a little bit, you are able to see the good things that have come into your life. And this was a perfect example um, because that week was really hard for us. Amy, it was no piece of cake for you guys either. Drew had his wisdom teeth out. He had some complications afterwards. It was a really hard week for both of our families. And you just stood by me. I just want to say this. I'm going off script right now, but you stood by me in the kindest way from just that drive home and letting me just share everything on a six-minute Voxer to let's go for a walk and just be together to like, where else can I be there? And then we, I mean, it just, it's, it's just such a testament to who you are as a person, but also where our friendship is. And knowing that in those moments, when you have somebody who is so incredible like that, that they can help you in the way that you need, it's just, it's gold. It's pure gold. A few days later, we had plans to go out for Colin's birthday. As, as Amy mentioned, we had that big appointment on his birthday that night. We absolutely weren't going to be doing anything. So a few days later, we had plans to go out to his favorite steakhouse and our babysitter canceled last minute. That week had been hard. We wanted that that date night so bad, just the two of us. He was so upset that he wasn't able to go out for his birthday. And I knew that we needed that date, but I felt like we didn't have a resource. We had called grandparents. We had called our old babysitters. We had just like gone through the whole list of people that we could possibly have help us out. And I remember I had told Amy, like, hey, like this is what's going on. I, I'm so upset about it. And no more than an hour later, she called me and she goes, hey, like, heads up. If you want to go out, we will watch your kids. And I literally looked at her like, Amy, Drew is recovering from wisdom to surgery. Is Drew vertical yet? (laughs) Is he still on pain meds? Are, Are you guys okay? Like, absolutely not. Like, thank you so much for the offer, but... No, we we're gonna say no to that one. You guys have had a really tough week, but thank you so much. And then I got a text message from Colin, and he goes, "Drew just called me." I'm like, "Wait, what?" He goes, "Drew just called me. He is adamant that we go." Like, he, and what he said was, "Colin, I'm gonna need you to do me a favor. You need to take your wife out to dinner, and I need you to drop your kids off here so that you can still do that." And Colin just looked at him and was like, okay, I guess we're going to go on this date. So we accepted and you guys had so much fun. The kids, the kids were good. They played, at least that's what you told me. So thank you. If, if there's any lies behind the, behind the surface, thank you for telling me that it went well. But we were able to go on our date night. We were able to come back to six children on a Friday night, all having a good time, you know, thanks to you guys. Well, I the my favorite part of this story is how adamant Drew got. Mm-hmm. So as we've said, Drew and Colin have developed their own relationship outside of Abby and I. And Drew was so adamant that they needed to go on this date. And he took matters to into his own hands. The fact that he called, called. Colin. Anytime you feel like call yeah. from a friend, like, you're like, are you, did you, are you in the ER? What's going yeah. on? Like it's 2023. When I call Abby, she thinks that it's an accident because like no one calls people anymore. But Drew was so adamant. He knew about the appointment. He knew about that it was Colin's birthday. He knew all of that. You know, Drew and I, like when we have our dates planned, we're just so looking forward to them. And I think every parent has probably been in the position where a babysitter cancels. And it really does feel like 
a big loss because you had built up that break and that excitement around the date. So it's really interesting because I think that the Greens each thanked us about 10 times. But I remember Drew also sending back like, there is nothing owed. You guys can stop thanking us. Like, first of all, we really did have a great time. I think if you're in a similar season that we are in, when you have kids over that are similar ages, it's almost like entertainment for your own kids. So the kids were running around the house. I mean, it was crazy, but it wasn't any harder than when we just have our own kids because of their ages. So It's really important to us to also demonstrate to our kids what friendship looks like. Like we want them to know when your friend is having a tough time, you show up. And I know that Abby and Colin would do the same thing for us. So it's like, you've got to live that life where you don't owe us one. It's just, we know in life that you're going to have tough times and so are we. And so if we can show up, I mean, it would have been nice if our tough times were spaced out a little (laughs) bit, but it was was also fine because Drew really was in recovery mode at that time. Oh my gosh. Well, and we were talking at lunch the other day about how good our friendship feels because we're allowed to have the ups and the downs. We're allowed to have the success. We're allowed to have the hard days. We're both allowed to have those really hard stretches, but then also the victories. And we can be honest about it. We can be honest with each other about our relationship, about our marriages and partnerships. We can be honest about our parenting and we can be honest about the things that are really, really tough. So it's just, I appreciate it. That's it. And one thing that Abby and I were talking about is on Instagram, I always see this same quote and I understand why I always see it because I love it too. But it's this idea that the way we teach our children about friendship is that we don't want to have friends that blow our candle out, our metaphorical candle. Like we want friends that allow us to shine, allow us to be the bright one sometimes. So my reflection back to all of you is, Are you allowing yourself to be in situations where, you know, you're not allowed to have that hard day with your friend? You're not getting the support that you wish that you could get. It's not mutual, you know, and I think it's really important. We've talked about friendship a lot on the podcast, the power of female friendship. I know Molly Millwood, I think she might write a book on this, she was saying, but she's been getting really into this idea of how important female friendship is. And I'm sold on it because I've just in my life experienced friendships where it wasn't that same feeling of like, I'm allowed to shine bright. I'm allowed to be supported. And that was really tough. And so being in friendships now where you know that they have your back is just such a healthy part of my life. And it feels so good. And I just think about what I had referenced earlier is this idea of whatever we're demonstrating to our children is what they think is normal. And so I think a lot of people, when they think about their kids, they think they can teach them one thing and not necessarily do it in their own life. But I would say they learn, yes, they learn by listening to us, but they learn more by seeing what we're doing. 
And so that is true for our relationships. I was thinking about in the Starbucks line yesterday when I was talking to the barista, I'm like, this is a demonstration of how you talk to someone right here. Your waiters and waitresses, anyone that you come in contact with, it's like, that's how your child learns how to interact. So I just think that's really important. I also wanted to say, obviously, none of us get it perfect. Drew and I sometimes fight in front of our children, and you can see their little eyes kind of ping-ponging back and forth, and we do close the loop for them, and I think that's what we've learned on this podcast is saying something as simple as, you know, mommy was really upset with daddy there, and sometimes I need to take a break from the situation before I'm ready to make up with him something like that so that they at least can see the conflict resolution part of the fight, which I think is really important. So all of this to say, you know, life can have its hard patches, but I think it goes a lot better if you have friends and family that can help you through. 